a new way to detect pipeline leaks. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. In an effort to combat climate change and heat homes, the world's largest producer of pork is partnering with an energy company to capture methane gas from waste lagoons. The Washington Post reports that Smithfield Foods and Dominion Energy plan to cover hog waste pits in Virginia, North Carolina, and Utah and eventually feed the methane into existing pipelines. Emissions from agriculture in the U.S. represent nearly 10 percent of greenhouse gases. Methane has a shorter lifespan than carbon dioxide, but it is 25 times as potent. By covering the lagoons, it could also keep water from inundating them, which happened during Hurricane Florence when breached pits sent waste into streams and rivers. The plans are not without critics. Food and Water Watch says on its website that there will still be leftover waste that will be sprayed or spread on lands. The organization says that the Smithfield plans are an effort to greenwash factory farms. Recently, a jury awarded more than $475 million to be paid by Smithfield to six families in North Carolina because of the noise and odor from hog farming. During times of drought, some water providers drill deeper into the ground to obtain supplies. Groundwater sits in layers, and at lower levels it becomes brackish or salty and is not potable. A new study published in the journal Environmental Research Letters shows that there might not be as much drinkable groundwater as we thought. They found that brackish waters are closer to the surface, particularly in the Midwest and further east. About 40% of all the water used in the U.S. for irrigated agriculture comes from groundwater, and some cities depend on it. The scientists concluded that in Michigan or Ohio, groundwater is too saline to be an option when supplies are stressed. The authors say their study also shows that groundwater is being reduced not only by excessive withdrawals, but also by injecting wastewater from fracking and potential contamination from oil and gas development. The researchers conclude that drilling deeper is not a long-term solution to the demand for additional fresh water. Coral reefs have declined up to 50% in all oceans over the last 40 years, and a new report from the National Academy of Sciences outlines strategies that might be needed to save them. One method is to develop a so-called super coral that could survive hot water bleaching events, which can kill the reefs. They also hope the super corals could withstand more acidic waters. Another solution would be to pump up cooler water from the ocean depths in a feat of geoengineering. As the news site Earther describes, another option calls for coral embryos and sperm to be frozen and then thawed out when the climate is hopefully cooler. Mark Eakin of Coral Reef Watch said that these solutions are not supposed to replace efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but instead it's what's needed to repair and keep reefs alive despite global warming. Leaks in pipes that carry water to homes and businesses waste about six billion gallons of water per day in the U.S., according to a recent study. So engineers are working on ways to detect them. Some methods to find leaks use robots, like a device resembling a badminton shuttlecock that runs down a pipe. 
Another solution uses a handheld probe with a sensor that is placed against a pipe that can lead investigators to a leak. But researchers from the University of Waterloo in Ontario have recently invented a novel solution. They've designed a system of sensors that's inexpensive and easy to install in fire hydrants, even without taking them out of service. A release from the university explains that the sensors gather acoustic data that highlights leaks. Artificial intelligence software then develops algorithms to distinguish leaks from all the other noises in a water distribution system. Researchers are now field testing the hydrant sensors in Canada, where leaky pipes lose an average of more than 13% of their treated water before it reaches users. And finally, Puffin Island sits off the coast of Wales, and it's uninhabited except for a lot of seabirds that call it home, one of which is the razorbill, a black and white bird similar to a puffin. Razorbills spend more of their time at sea than on land, and that presented an opportunity for science. Researcher Matt Cooper from Bangor University in Wales had fitted GPS tags on the razorbills to study their breeding and feeding behaviors when he discovered that at night, the creatures just hung out on the ocean surface, simply going wherever the tide took them. And after recording the bird's position every 100 seconds, he was able to see that the razorbills were not only drifting with the currents, they followed the direction of low and high tides, a discovery that he realized could be really useful for developing tidal energy. Generating energy from tide flows requires detailed knowledge of sea currents, which which scientists and engineers have traditionally determined using radar or buoys with scientific instruments. But those methods are challenging and expensive, so if tagged seabirds could provide tidal data over a large area, it might help to locate a good site to place turbines. Ocean energy, which is being generated mostly in the UK, is seen by many as a promising renewable and a way to phase out fossil fuels. According to Forbes magazine, environmental impact impact studies of tidal power have shown relatively little effect on ecosystems. However, researchers at Cardiff University have concerns that it could negatively affect marine life by changing how sedimentation, dissolved oxygen, and nutrients circulate in the area. They say more study is needed. And Cooper says using seabirds to measure tidal currents has limitations since, well, they are birds behaving naturally. But even so, he thinks that tracking their movements could tell us more about our oceans, especially in remote regions where getting data is challenging. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Explore new trends in technology at ACE19, June 9th through 12th in Denver. Learn more at awwaace.org.